Welcome to the Grow People podcast, period. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. That's, that's the name of it. Yes. Hold that, back. That is Pastor Jason, mm-hmm. lead pastor of Revolution Church. My name is David Stein. I'm the campus pastor at our Canton location. The purpose of the Grow People podcast is everyone, yell this now, in your car, to help grow, grow people. people. Okay. The other thing, since I've been picking on you about these intros, yeah. I'll go, I'll throw one more that I just mm-hmm. noticed. Yeah. What do I do? Like you. What do I do wrong? No, nothing wrong. <laughs> nothing wrong. And those that are just listening to us yeah. may not have, well, they, not only may they, they didn't pick this up, okay. not, they may not mm-hmm. have, but you kind of snap your head at the beginning. Welcome to the Grow People Podcast. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm a head snapper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever you call it. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> well, you're right. I'm, I do. Yeah. See, I've, I've never noticed that before. <laughs> okay. You're just. Uh, right. It's one of my tells. Yeah. You put your emphatic with. The, yeah. 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 And, and we were talking about this in our creative meeting today. What what our tells are. Yeah. When we're speaking in public. Yeah. I, I have a definite tell. When I'm moving on from topic to topic, I will look down at the ground. You look down. Did you notice that before? No, not not until Lindsay pointed Lindsay it out. Lindsay pointed it out. Yeah, I was like, "You're right." <laughs> I, I, I do. I'm sure I have a lot of other tells. <laughs> did Leanna confirm that? She did. Okay, she yeah. did. So, did she know that? Yeah, when we were doing a radio show together, she said, "You know, you don't look at me when you're transitioning into another topic. Huh. You all, you always look down. Look down. Yeah, C- collecting my thoughts. I wonder what she would do about the head whip. The if she would agree with I, me on I, that. I don't know. Um, it's like being like you're. Almost take it like a, you know, like saluting somebody. Mm-hmm. Like you're like standing in attention. Yeah, I'm emphatically know? saying <laughs> yeah. this is the beginning of this program. Yeah, you're starting it, baby. Yep. Yep. Well, welcome everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. again. You just did it. Yeah. 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 I don't think you can say welcome emphatically without giving your head tilt. Uh, without giving your head tilt. With, without without doing the head tilt. Yeah. I don't know. Let's try. Welcome. See, it doesn't have. <laughs> you didn't say it, it emphatically. It, 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 it doesn't have. Welcome. <laughs> you can only do it one way. Welcome. I don't know. Maybe, All right. Yeah. Purpose of the Grow People podcast is the Grow People. Yeah. So we want to do that. Um, and we want to have some fun on this also. Uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about two really powerful sermons from the past two weeks at the end of John 18, uh, the beginning of John 19. Uh, there were a couple of wow moments. Uh, in those podcast, in those podcasts, in those, <laughs> in, those in, messages. In, in those sermons, welcome. Yeah, uh, in those, <laughs> it's a couple of moments when I snap my head. Yes, yeah. in, in those sermons. Uh, but today uh, is the recording of the podcast on March fourteenth. I did not know you. You told me it was National Pie Day. It's National Pie Day. I got very excited because of all of the desserts which I celebrate. Most of the catalog of desserts, <laughs> yeah. uh, pie is my favorite. Yeah. Turns out it's not pie. Not not P I E. No, it's day. P I. P I. Okay. Yeah. Private investigators. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do listen to a couple of podcasts. Uh, but yeah, National Pie Day three three point one four. Yeah, three fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how many decimals can you go? It's infinite. No, I mean, on. how many decimals can you go? Oh, because <laughs> there was always that one kid in school. I know. I know pie to the seventeenth yeah, yeah. decimal. Yeah. Well, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Come over here. You, you snapped your head on that one, too. Yeah. Like, come here, sucker. I'll snap your head. Interesting fact, though, on this date in history, since it is National Pie Day, um, Stephen Hawking, the physicist, mm-hmm. died on Pie Day. Found that interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And Albert Einstein, physicist, 
born on Pi Day. Born on this day. Yeah. It's almost like it was destined. I don't, I don't know what the significance yeah. of that is. No, I used to remember, because I love math, and I've said that. And in, I love in, pie. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. This is one of the greatest days. That's why it works. <laughs> I used to have them memorized. Uh, I don't know how many. I would never have told my friends I have it to the 17th, whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but I used to, because I had to for a test and stuff. So, But I was always fascinated by it, though. I will say that. Like Fascinated by pie? Yes. Just the, the fact of... I don't know. And even before I knew God, I was fascinated with the precision of that, with mm-hmm. the, uh, like, I, I guess I should say I was fascinated with the point that it wasn't coincidental. Mm. Like that was, okay. you know, yes. uh, no, I can, I can see that it's built in, Yeah, you know? So yeah, it always fascinated me. I can, I can understand that. I, I never could understand how it becomes part of a geometric formula. Yeah. Why can't it just be, uh, three, three squared? Yeah, <laughs> instead of pi r squared. Yeah. Why can't it be just three r squared? Yeah. Well, and I love geometry. Like that was my of math. Geometry was my favorite. I'm a fan of a rhombus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like a good rhombus? Is that a dance or is that a? <laughs> <laughs> that's the rumba. That's, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Isn't yeah. that isn't that the vacuum cleaner? No, that's the rumba. Rumba. Yeah. See where we went there. Yeah, I'm a fan like you. I'm a fan of pi, the number, and mm-hmm. I'm a fan of pies. Do you have the a food group? Do you have a particular? Because I have some very staunch feelings about pie. Um, I, I don't. I don't like certain pies. Well, let's start with that. Which ones do you not like? I don't like pies that don't have fruit, with the exception of a chocolate pudding pie. I grew up on the chocolate pudding pie. Pies that don't have pies fruit? that don't have fruit. Oh, so wow. I'm so I'm not a big pecan pie fan. Pecan pie fan. However, you want to say it. I'm not I'm not a big I, chess I grew up pie. With pecan. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big chess pie fan. Mm. Um, I I judged a pie contest one time, mm. and they were all of these weird pies with no fruit. Give me give me an apple pie. Give me a <laughs> y- you know what is an unsung hero in the pie world? And my my wife's gonna be very upset because rarely do they have these at the Kroger's mince meat pie. <laughs> no, not the mince. <laughs> That, that's a totally different pie. Oh. <laughs> um, it's the Marie Callender Razzleberry pie in the frozen section. Razzle what? Razzleberry. Oh. Burry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was like a burr no, or something. Razz, razzleberry. <laughs> razzleberry <laughs> pie. It's like three different pie, three different berries in the pie. Mm. Um, and it's I've great, never heard of that It's one. a great pie. Now there's going to be a run on it, and then when we go to get some, yeah, it'll it won't be, be there. Yeah. Uh, I will have to diverge with you on this point, man, okay. because- Typically, I do not strongly like, strongly disagreeing. Typically, when it comes to desserts, I don't normally like desserts with fruit. Mm. Um, I categorically kind of think of it differently. However, I will say I do like pies with fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I would prefer it as a cobbler, though. Oh, oh, yes, you know? a warm fruit product dessert. Yes, I'm, I'm with you there. Okay, cobblers, I'm, crisps. 100% with yep. you there. Crumbles, yeah. if you will. Yeah. But if I'm choosing between a pie with fruit versus a pie without fruit, I'm mm-hmm. going without. Really? Because normally it's going to be some kind of chocolate oh, okay. or something like that. Yeah. So when I think dessert, my mind doesn't go to fruit first. Mm. Um, although you can, like I said, if it's cobbler or something like that, then I'm down. Um, but no, I love any kind of chocolate pie. Uh, buttermilk pie, 
Yeah, see, those are the ones that I'm just not into. What is wrong with you? They're too rich. Oh, no. They're, they're too rich for me. No. Yeah. No, I must just have a, uh, I must just have a really high sugar. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I like, I like a less sugary dessert. Yeah, my body just likes pumping insulin. And so <laughs> it's like, give me sugar. You know, a, a very typical dessert growing up would have been an apple cake. So mm. a very light cinnamon, very light sugar cake with some apples in it. Yeah. Uh, more of a coffee cake kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, typically, because my grandmother, great grandmother, big pie maker, like would make, in fact, you ever had fried pies? I have. Yeah. That, now we're talking, you know what I mean? That's a whole nother, whole nother world. But yeah, any kind of chocolate pie, buttermilk pie, coconut pie, um, pecan pie big mm. favorite i'm not a fan of like sweet potato pie because mm. that just doesn't that's like a mixing of worlds there i'm like sweet potato is, is not a dessert yeah. mm-hmm. you know i didn't like pumpkin pie as a kid either mm. but i have grown to like it i do like a pumpkin pie yeah yeah um we were we were in downtown woodstock last weekend and walked by the pie bar and uh and I always say, if I'm going to fall off the wagon. Is that where a bunch of smart people are doing math? Yes. They, they sell calculators. <laughs> I'll have the TI-32, please. <laughs> Which um, is Texas Instruments, by the way. Yes, it yeah. is. Yes, it is. Um, and and if, I, if I ever fall off the wagon, it's going to be at Pie Bar. Yeah. That's, where, that's where it's going to be, folks. Um, so I, I went in and you know, the girl said, can I help you? I said, I'm, I'm just looking at your. Mm. And there were no bear, no burry pies, <laughs> no, no bear. Yeah. Well, probably because she was like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. It would be fun to go there today and ask them like, Hey, do y'all sell calculators? <laughs> that would be funny. That'd be funny. The only way I knew it was pie day is because I got a smoothie this after we worked out this morning, mm-hmm. I went by smoothie king and got a smoothie and they had their apple pie smoothie Mm. on sale and so i was like oh i mean again same thing i would never well typically i wouldn't say never typically i won't get a like if i'm gonna get a smoothie it's gonna be chocolate and peanut butter Mm. you know something like that which i concur so i wouldn't have normally ordered the apple pie smoothie um but when i saw that it was only three bucks i'm like oh okay and then it was in celebration of pie day there you go. And it was worth eight minutes of the podcast. <laughs> and we even talked, you even said today, Hey, I don't always like to want to talk about food before the, uh, and then you said it was national pie day. <laughs> it's like, Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> it's also a very bizarre yeah. week in church history. And, and I would not have known this, but I've been reading up on church history Yeah, and I noticed it was, it was in March, it was March 14th, uh, that Pope Leo, so this is back in 1517-ish. Yeah. Um, what was the, that you and Leanna would always do on the radio? 15, bump it a bump? 15, bump it a bump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Charles Haddon Spurgeon, yeah. mega church pastor back in 18, bump it a bump. Um, so Pope Leo had just taken over. I think the previous Pope had died a couple years earlier. They were building the Basilica mm-hmm. and needed some cash and started St. selling. St. Peter's Basilica, is that the yep. one they were doing? Yeah. I think so. And started uh, selling salvations. <laughs> so, <laughs> so selling indulgences. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I found that really wild. I, I had I had no idea yeah. that that's how they were funding the building of the church. And it turns out some guy by the name of Martin Luther got wind of that 
yeah. said, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I, and ironically, because when we talked about this prior to, we we were talking last week about the Protestant Reformation and, you know, some of our different differing viewpoints from Catholicism to uh, Protestant. And yeah, that was one of the primary reasons why is not just on the the act of justification alone or by faith alone, but yeah, they were, because in the Catholic system, priests would absolve sins, you know, and again, in, in our opinion, from a misunderstanding of the verse that Jesus told Peter, you know, what you bound on earth will be bound in heaven, loose on earth, loose in heaven. And so they take that literally, you know, to like, you, we have this supernatural power, which I'm not saying we don't have some supernatural power. We do, but we don't have the ability to forgive somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like to absolve somebody's. And so not only would we have a differentiating viewpoint on that, but yeah, then he took it to another level and was actually selling it. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, if you want this, then you got to give in order to, which on, you know, on a shrewdness level, <laughs> you know, like, uh, although I think it's morally wrong or and theologically mm-hmm. wrong, but on a shrewdness level, you're like, well, if you are trying to raise some money, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's quite ingenious, uh, yeah. a, a way to do it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, albeit it's wrong. <laughs> who paid for my, who paid for Michelangelo yeah. to paint the ceiling? Uh, some dude got his, uh, seat in heaven by that, you know? <laughs> um, but it's funny that you mentioned St. Peter's Basilica because I was just, I referenced this and speaking of the sermons and I, I know I did Thursday and then Sunday at nine thirty. I don't think I did the eleven fifteen. But when Paul was being, um, uh, when when Jesus was being crucified, sorry, how brutal the Romans were, and I was and I made reference to Nero's circus, right? And Nero, who was the emperor during the time not of time of Jesus, but the time of Paul and Peter, um, on one side, right there, what is now today Vatican City, mm-hmm. which Vatican City is where obviously the head of the Roman Catholic church and then St. Peter's Basilica, St. Peter's Basilica is built on top of what was Nero's circus. Mm. Um, So now that you mention that it's quite ironic because when Peter and Paul were both crucified, that's where they were crucified. And Peter specifically, we know was upside down, like I said. And so Nero would put him upside down and pale him with the stake and set him on fire. And they called it a circus because not because something enjoyable because it was crazy. But now on that very spot wow, is the Vatican and where St. Peter's Basilica, you know, basically that's where it's believed beneath the church that Peter is buried. Mm. And so no one goes to, and in fact, I was listening to a, a pastor last week talk about no one goes to Rome now and asks the question, show me Nero circus. Right. They go and say, show me where Peter's buried. Show me where Paul's buried. So even though it was horrible during that time, Peter and Paul obviously died faithful, and now it's turned into like the spot of one of the greatest tragedies now is a, a place people go and they're honored. That's that's pretty remarkable. <clears throat> it is. It's very cool to think about. And again, I haven't been there, but it's right off the river there in Rome, and then right up on the hill is the Vatican and St. Peter's Basilica. Wow. Boom. Wow. But yeah, he apparently <laughs> he was raising money by selling salvation. Want to get want to get saved? 
<laughs> hey, maybe we're in the wrong business. Yeah. No, okay. We're, we're, we're absolutely in the right business. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last couple of weekends and, you know, there was a, there was a, a kind of a break in John as we went through the season of abide mm-hmm. and, and then got back into going through the gospel according to John as you so aptly said, beginning this, it's a march to the cross, yeah. uh, starting with uh, John 18. At the end of John 18, uh, verses 28 through 40, and we'll specifically uh, get into just the last couple of verses, there was this wow moment. Of course, the whole the whole uh, gist of the sermon was you can tell where the kingdom is from by how its servants fight, and yeah. your king determines your kind. Yeah. But when you broke down the last verse of Barabbas mm-hmm. and how the people chose Barabbas to be saved yeah, and then unpacked his name, mm-hmm. that was not something that uh, you had come up with early on in your study of this, in your reading of this. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, if I remember correctly, that day, um, I had dropped you off so you could pick up your truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometime between picking up your truck yeah. and preaching that message on Thursday night mm-hmm. at our Thursday night gathering, this came about. So how does that happen? And um, encourage encourage everyone listening because I kept hearing things like, I never saw that. I never saw that. I've read that passage a million times. I've never saw that. Yeah. No, and that's what is really amazing. And I've made, I've made this statement quite a few times, which is why I like preaching because it forces me to study. Because I've read that text in John 19, I've read it many times and never thought about there's a deeper meaning here. And and we've talked about this before, you know, as a pastor, you have to be careful not to try to pull out of the text what's not there Mm -hmm. or or put in what's not there Mm -hmm. is a better way of saying it. Because the Bible ultimately is about one story, you know, that grand arch. Um, But that doesn't mean that there's not things within the stories that give us understanding of that bigger story Mm -hmm. or things we can't learn from the details of the story. So one of the things I love about studying, like normally when I'm reading the Bible, like just for my own, I don't have out my Bible study tools, you know, I don't have software. I'm not digging into, um, you know, the, the meaning of things. And so it really is amazing to me. So yeah, until, until I studied it that Thursday and even my prior study before that, I hadn't seen it yet. And there's always this moment and it always happens typically on Thursday afternoons when it all comes together. Mm. And I pray for that moment. So that's part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, God help me, you know, because, you know, the Bible talks about itself, it's living and it's active. And so it has this power and, and the word of God, you know, it is God's words to us. He breathed it out. And the Holy, I still believe, you know, the Holy Spirit's like he's hovering over the face of the deep in Genesis one. He's hovering over that word to bring it out. Mm. So I do think it is, it's, partly involved with asking God to help you see something because I can't do it. And, but then two digging into and, and having some tools, you know, um, and I've mentioned this several times before, but I have the, what's called the logos 
or Logos, however you want to say it, uh, Bible software, which is one of the greatest softwares yeah. ever been created as far as biblical Bible study. You know, when I went to seminary, I learned, I had all my Greek and Hebrew books, you know, and normally when I would write a message, I would get it in English and then I go to my Greek text and read it in Greek and I'd start par- parsing all those mm-hmm. words, which is really good that I learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because now I can appreciate what my computer is doing for me. Oh, and it is remarkable. Yeah, it's remarkable. Um, so again, I don't, you don't, I don't ever want to preach a message where I'm just like, well, this, this is what this word means. And this is what this word means. Cause you can almost get too down in the weeds, right? you know? And so it's not like I do that, but as I'm reading something, a word will jump out to me and, or a thought will jump out to me, which I believe is given by the spirit. And then I was like, oh, well, let me chase this rabbit. You know, let me mm-hmm. see where this takes me. And sometimes it takes me nowhere. Um, and that's when I pull back. I'm like, okay, nothing there, you know. But then when I saw that one specific, because again, there was this theme that was already developing right. in the last part of 18 of Jesus talking about his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's talking about his kingdom, then it naturally, just from deduction, you can think, well, there's, if there's his, then there's somebody else's, mm-hmm. you know, like his kingdom is not the only kingdom. Right. And so as I'm studying, I'm kind of like that thoughts going through my mind. I'm kind of thinking about, <clears throat> okay, well naturally whose other kingdom in is it? What's the devil's, you know, mm-hmm. dark and light. And you know, so I'm starting to think those kind of ways. And then I get to the end and it just struck me that Pilate was trying to release Jesus and and he put before the Jewish people Jesus or Barabbas, who was a thief. And John tells you he's a thief. And they they shout out, the text says, we want Barabbas. So that's when I thought, okay, I wonder if his name means anything. Like, is there anything here that might, you know, kind of tie back into this whole kingdom thing, duality that's been going? Because the Gospel of John, really, one of the main purposes, I mean, I've said this many times, John 20 verse 31 says what his purpose is to to show Jesus. But all throughout the gospel of John, there's this duality that keeps occurring. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's one of John's purposes is showing you there's Jesus and the anti-Jesus, you know, there's light and then there's dark. Um, so I knew that duality again existed in John. And so then when I saw Barabbas and I looked up his meaning of his name, and then once I, like I said at church, once I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh. Because in the middle of his name was Abba. Yep. You know, so Barabbas is an Aramaic name. Abba is the name of, of the father, which is interesting. In fact, I heard Tim Keller talk about this and he explained it in a way that I didn't think about. And this is another amazing, like I'd already heard that. So it's like, it takes the spirit takes the word and your experiences and brings them all together in these moments, you know, and like he'll call to mind something. So there was a sermon I listened to and Keller was talking about how the word Abba is the same in every language. Um, like every language has a version of that in English. It's Dada. Um, well, that's all that Abba is. It is, it is, basic syllables that a child would say, you know, um, and every language on the, on the planet has that because the child will say that's the first words almost always dad, dad, mom, something super basic. 
because they don't know how to put words together. Right. They don't have the cognitive functioning to do that. So when you think about it from that perspective, like Abba is just like Dada, and it's just a baby saying what it knows to say in its limited capacity, but they know that that person is there to take care of them. Mm-hmm. You know. So I had listened to that, and I was like, oh, that's great. Here's his name, and then Barabbas means the son of the father or the son of dad. And so when I see that, and then again, thinking of this whole theme of duality going throughout John and in John 18, then thinking about when Jesus said to the Jewish people in John 8, your father is the devil, you're doing his. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course they chose Barabbas. They chose the son of their father. Yeah, Their father was the devil, and that's the son they chose. And then you juxtapose that to the son of this father to the son of this father. So really, at the end of the day, there's two sons, there's two kingdoms, there's two fathers, you know, that's the only choice we have. And that's when the whole sermon, like, and again, it's not like every Thursday there's this Shekinah glory that's falling down into my office, (laughs) (laughs) but there's those moments where I just kind of like, oh, that's it. That's the whole sermon right there. Yeah. So it's. It's not something, it, it, it's not a, um, uh, there's not a diploma on the wall that gives you that. No. And again, that's where I would say what my degree did, and everybody can do this, is it gave me tools. Mm-hmm. You know, and so what I was going to say before you said there's not a, there's two key, there's the spirit mm-hmm. and then there's study, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think those are mutually exclusive. Right. Cause you do have people who kind of camp out in one of either, either side you have super, we're talking about pi 3.14. You got super smart people that, uh, and even in, in within Christian circles, you have people that are, they're deep studiers, mm-hmm. you know, they study the word of God and, and historically, even like in the ref, more reformed tradition, um, you will have studiers and they're kind of like skeptical of the spirit, you know? Then on the other side of the ditch, you will have people that are very spirit-oriented, very spirit-sensitive in a good way, but they just rely on experience and don't study. Mm -hmm. And as I've said many times, on either side of the road is a ditch. It's not grace or truth. Mm -hmm. It's not spirit or study. It's both. So to your point, it is a supernatural... In fact, when I... uh, This is probably 10 years ago now... Um, maybe even longer, uh, before we built, I, I know it was before we built our location in Canton. I had just gotten through studying and I posted a tweet and I said, just got through studying my sermon. It was like wrestling a hundred pound gorilla and a buddy of mine that I went to school with. He was like, well, a hundred pound gorilla is not that big. You can wrestle him just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never forgotten that. Cause I was trying to be serious and he, and then I thought about it, I was like, yeah. Yeah, an 800-pound gorilla. Yeah, a 100-pound yeah. gorilla I could probably take. But yeah, a, yeah an 800-pound gorilla. <laughs> so I'm, I would, mm-hmm. that came to my mind as I was thinking about this. So yeah, my, my point is you should study. I mean, Paul tells Timothy that. Study to show yourself approved. So you should study. Mm-hmm. But with the recognition that the Spirit has to help you. Yeah, It is a supernatural thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And just because it's supernatural, it doesn't mean it supersedes natural. I can do natural things with supernatural help. I think that's the key. No, that's, I mean, there was, if, if you're, 
attending Thursday nights, that was one of those Thursday nights where there was an audible gasp. Yeah. And from you, from, from me. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was like, Whoa. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. And and, And again, I didn't either. And, and it's, it's comforting that, you know, for you, it happens on Thursday afternoon because on the occasional time that I do preach Mm -hmm. and I'm very grateful for those opportunities, uh, somebody will say invariably on Tuesday before the Thursday gathering, Hey, you ready for ready for Thursday? I'm like, Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been studying for three weeks. I'm not ready. Yeah. <laughs> cause it, it, cause it hasn't come. Yeah. It hasn't clicked. There, there might be all of the technical things. Of course. Of uh, course. But it does. it's not like you just started studying. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't click until Tuesday afternoon yeah. and Wednesday morning. At, yeah. at some point it's like the Holy Spirit says like, Oh, that's, that's how it all comes together. Totally. Um, well, and that it's the same, it's the same argument of quality versus quantity. You know, everybody wants quality. I don't think anybody, unless they just like McDonald's, you know what I mean? Or they just like some really bad fly, uh, shoe fly pie. You know, they just like something. Yeah. Shoe fly pie is bad. Um, everybody wants quality, but quality comes out of quantity. You know, it, it's like, you know, vacation with your family you know, there's the dude out there that's like, he just invests in like one high quality vacation and wonders why, you know, we've all heard those stories of like, I paid for this. You're going to have fun. You know, mm-hmm. well, quality only comes out of quantity. You got to do it more. And right. and the more you're doing it and practice of doing it, then you'll have those quality moments. So the same with studying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I study throughout the week, you know, like for this weekend's message, I'm already already have the text. I've already laid it out. I'm already starting to go through it, but I do that in more of a, like a real kind of, and I have a system, you know, a real kind of technical way of what I do to lay it out. And so I'm already working it. I'm already thinking about Mm -hmm. it, but then I'll start drilling down more and more. And then, yeah, then there's that moment Mm -hmm. where the spirit opens my eyes to see something like last week's message. It was, behold the man. And then, you know, the whole concept of thorns, you know, sometimes it'll just jump out at me. When I, when I read that, I was like, thorns, know it. Like I got like, mm-hmm. cause I've preached on that before. In fact, we did a series and I referenced this. We did a series before we moved into our, the Canton location called instead of a thorn bush that came out of Isaiah 55. <laughs> cause we have these massive thorns here on our property, um, which I totally forgot zip has a crown of thorns in his office. And so he reminded me of that. I'm like, oh gosh, I should have brought it up with from, me. From this from property? this property. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean they're okay. like huge, massive Yeah, thorns. I mean I, I've seen it in his office. Yeah, that's from here. Wow. From from this location. In fact, we still have some of those trees on the property. So there's sometimes where that uh, again, as soon as I read Thorns, I immediately thought Genesis three seventeen. I immediately thought of Isaiah, the curse. You know, I'd study that stuff. But then the title of the message, Behold the Man, I'd never thought about that before, mm-hmm. you know? And and the idea that that Pilate, although he was not a believer, was basically evangelizing for Jesus, saying, look mm-hmm. at this guy, yeah. behold this guy. Well, then that verse in 2 Corinthians came to my mind, and I saw the whole beholding mm-hmm. thing. And um, so when those moments come, you know, that's where, that's what I mean when I, I've said before, the moment that that no longer happens, I don't want to preach, you mm-hmm. know, cause I don't want to manufacture something. Right. Um, right. No, it's good. And, and if you're in 
a community group. And um, as a matter of fact, this coming Sunday in Canton, we have a community group vision lunch mm. for those who are interested in leading a community group because coming out of COVID. Those from the Canton location. From the Canton location. Yeah. Um, because, and, and if you're in the Jasper location, you want to lead a community group, go talk to Pastor Chad, yeah. your campus pastor. Because um, coming out of COVID, uh, as people began to return to in-person gatherings mm -hmm. and recognizing the need for community yeah. and relationships, uh, there is a great need mm -hmm. for uh, more community groups. But if you're in a community group, you get to have discussions about these things yeah. because we provide your group leader with a way to facilitate conversations, not only unpacking the scriptures, yeah. but also applying it. And, yeah. and for example, from the uh, scripture on Barabbas, one of the questions was, so is Jesus King? Mm -hmm. And I put in parentheses, you know, the, the obvious answer is yes. Yeah. But do you live like he is King? Yeah, that's a great question. And what are examples of when you're not living as Jesus is King? Yeah. Uh, so you'll get to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's an opportunity not only to uh, get together with some people, yeah, have some fun, mm -hmm. but also look at these scriptures, uh, and that's that's the important part here. It's not a hey when the pastor said this, when the pastor said that. It's what does God say exactly, and then what does God mean, and then what does He want us to do about it? Yeah, and then you also get to hang out and and serve together. Yeah, in your community. So well, and that's why, and we've talked about this before. I know on here in in one of the earlier episodes. But our whole part of our whole discipleship strategy is that, you know, to where we're not trying to throw a bunch of information at people, but we want them to dig into the word. And so that they're having conversations around, yeah, what they just heard. Because a sermon basically is a commentary on a text. And and they're seeing what I saw in it, but what I saw in it is not everything there is to see in it. Right. You know. Like that question that you just asked, I didn't think of that, but that was a great point that you put in there to say, like, I, I asked the question, are you the king? But a great life application coming out of that is, am I living as though he's my king? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked that because it's one thing to say, yes, Jesus is my king. It's another thing to actually live as though he is and live in light of my king. And because again, if, if we were living underneath a physical King and we broke his decrees, we would die. Right. You know, like, and I'm not saying we should be fearful in that same way, but the Bible does say that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Right. And so, or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so there, there should be this fearful, but more like all sense of like, if he is my King, then yeah, I do need to submit to his decrees and his word and what he says. And he has a say over what happens in my life because my life is his life. Um, and I think that that message right there is, I mean, that question is, that's phenomenal because it, it really is the essence of what discipleship is all about is living in light of Jesus as my King. And, and to be in a, in a very practical sense, we see this every day. 
yeah. in our pastoral care, uh-huh. in our own lives. Yeah. Where are we living where Jesus isn't king? Yeah. Where we're trying to place ourselves either equal on the throne or above Jesus yeah. uh, on our own throne. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you said uh, in the second sermon that we're talking about, uh, behold the man, yeah. you, are, you, be, you become what you behold. Yeah. So a question coming out of that in the community groups was, what are you beholding? Yeah. And is what you're beholding preventing you from furthering the kingdom? Yeah. That's uh, good. So there are, uh, there's a lot of application in, in these sermons. And if, if we're not applying it and we're just coming out with a, a little more knowledge, yeah. um, then, we're, then we're not doing what these are intended to be. No. And, I, and, I, and just the way I preach, and, and again, this is kind of my own philosophical thought and and pastors and preachers are different than me, which is totally fine. I'm not saying my way is the best way, but typically the way I like to preach a sermon is I, and and partly because the way we do small groups, I want the application to be done in small groups, Mm -hmm. you know? And so in my sermon, I'm not running down. There's a lot of pastors that will actually run down some kind of specific application highlights. Like if you're a stay at home mom, this, if you're a Mm -hmm. business owner, this, you know, that's not bad. Again, that's what I'm saying philosophically, but I would rather make, make the point and then help people mm-hmm. live that out application wise in a relational setting. Mm-hmm. You know, again, not that there's nothing, nothing to apply out of my sermons. There mm-hmm. is, but I want people to grab my point is, for me sometimes personally, and this is a little bit of a rabbit trail now that I'm we talking, love rabbits. Yeah, I'm talking as it's I'm thinking. It's almost Easter. Speaking of Easter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just did the emphatic. You just did it. Yeah. I, well, well, if you're going to go speak of Easter, yeah. you, have to, you have to do it you know, in a certain way. Yeah. I don't want my sermons, and we'll get to Easter. Okay. I don't want my sermons to be half application. Right. You know what I mean? Because the way I always think about when I hear sermons like that, I'm like, well, 10 minutes of what you were just saying doesn't apply to me because I'm not those. Mm-hmm. I'm not a plumber. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I'm not that. So I don't want to spend as much time on that. Mm-hmm. I, I would rather stick to just the main theological emphasis and then let the more hands-on stuff happen in groups where people are having those conversations. That's mm-hmm. why it's such a that's why we designed it that way. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was what I was trying to make the point of. Cause yeah, the same thing with beholding. Like another question I thought of is when you say, what are you beholding and it's helping you advance the kingdom, but to say, well, let's, what am I actually becoming like, mm-hmm. or who am I actually yeah. becoming like? Yep. Well, if I'm, if I'm becoming more like someone who doesn't have the name Jesus, mm-hmm. then I'm beholding the wrong thing. Right. You know, and that's super, that's a super like probing kind of diagnostic question mm-hmm. that happens in a group. That's awesome. Yeah, there was a moment in uh, the message this past weekend, and of course I'm seeing it for the first time on Thursday night. Yeah. And you said, you know, as a result of the curse, we are beholden to the rantings of a liar. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, will, we are prone to listen to the rantings of Satan. Yeah. And I just thought, man, what lies of the devil am I believing like right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was in the application questions for, for our groups and what truths are you not believing? Yeah. And that's something that you have unpacked uh, several times in sermons, but as you're, as you're sitting in the gatherings, gathering as the church sitting in the gatherings, 
let let the spirit move in your heart as you're hearing uh, whoever is preaching uh, unpack the scriptures yeah. and say, okay, well, how do, how does this apply? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I again I like I said, not that it's wrong mm-hmm. for me to make yeah. some specific applications, but I would rather leave room for the Holy Spirit to do that mm-hmm. because. I, I do think there is like that point, you know, of we list what we listen to and, and yeah. Am, am I listening to what he's saying over here? Why would I do that? He's a liar. But then there's this, the King over here who's saying this, he's saying the truth. Well, people know, you know, that, or we want people to know that there is a truth in a lie. You know, I think they know that, but I think the spirit that's where the spirit cooperates with my words that are empowered by the spirit mm-hmm. and, uh, and apply them yep. to specific hearts. Cause people will say, if I don't hear it every weekend, I definitely hear it every month at some point, like you were talking right to me. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how would I know that? Right. I mean, we had that happen this last weekend where a guy that, that, that recently has been baptized here. He's a small group leader now. Um, his friend was here at the nine thirty in Canton and I told a story about my upbringing and, uh, and it was very, uh, like I, I had no plan to say it. I didn't know I was going to say it. I made a joke about it cause going to circuses and stuff. And he came up after he's like, I can't believe you said that because he didn't even know his friend was going to be here. Then his friend showed up and his friend, like they were dealing with something that specifically, I mentioned, mm-hmm. and he was like, dude, that's crazy. I'm like, I know that's crazy. I didn't plan that. You know, that's the spirit spirit knew that that person needed to hear that. So he put it on my mind. I mean, that's the, that's the thing that amazes me. Yep. So yeah. now I'm like you, I'm getting all animated, you know, and, and, and we should, when we're, t- <laughs> when we're talking about the word of God, we, yeah. sh- we should be getting animated. Welcome to the word of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Easter, uh, Easter is coming. Uh, we always are planning things all the time. I mean, that's what we spend much of our week in meetings, planning stuff mm-hmm. and organizing stuff. And Easter is always far off in the distance until it's not. Until it's not. And yeah. it's around the corner. Mm-hmm. So it is the, uh, the week of spring break. So if you have the end not, of it, yeah. the end of spring break. So if you have not made your spring break plans, make sure you are planning around attending gatherings uh, for Easter. And here in Canton, we have our Thursday night gathering. Yep. Then we're going to have two on Saturday, three and five. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to remember all this. It's on the website. It's on the app. Yep. And then three gatherings on Sunday morning, eight, nine thirty, and eleven thirty. Yep. So if you normally attend the nine thirty or the eleven fifteen, we are asking you um, to please leave your seats at those gatherings mm-hmm. for guests. Mm-hmm. Attend on Saturday, attend on Thursday, come to the eight o'clock, serve yep. the rest of Easter Sunday. Yep. And, and the same with Jasper. There's going to be three gatherings. Yeah, three on Sunday. Uh, yep. Eight, nine thirty, and eleven thirty. If if you normally attend those bigger attended services, you know, come to the eight o'clock and serve yep. uh, the rest of the morning. Yep. Yeah, it's a great way to to serve, you mm-hmm. know, and, and people may not always think about it that way, but Easter is always the biggest, the biggest weekend we have. It's bigger than Christmas. And it's by a lot. By a lot. Yeah. 
And Christmas is big too. I mean, it's number two, but yeah, Easter is always the largest attendance that we have. And so, yeah, by taking an off time gathering on a Thursday, on a Saturday or Sunday morning early, Mm -hmm. it really helps us open up seats because we always have overflow, which we will again. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is just the time, you know, and a nominally churched person or even unchurched person typically is going to think church is on Sunday morning. Right. And so that's a great, my, my former pastor in Texas at the church I was on staff at, he'd always call that a missionary move. You know, mm-hmm. we always think missionaries are people that cross an ocean, you know, or go to another mm-hmm. country, but there's ways that we can live, which is why we love the phrase life on mission here. Um, and so by moving a service or moving a gathering time, I just said the wrong thing by moving to a different gathering time, that's thinking like a missionary. I love that. A missionary move. Yeah. I may be using that. Take it. Just give him credit. Make, make a make a missionary move and and go to a different go to a different gathering and and just so you know, last year uh, there were over five thousand people mm-hmm. that attended here at the Canton campus, mm-hmm. including kids. And at the nine thirty and eleven fifteen gatherings, there were close to fourteen hundred people. Yeah, yeah, adults. Yeah, and the room seats eleven hundred forty seven. Yeah. So and the other crazy, go ahead. So they. Were, they were at, we had them everywhere. Yeah, we, had we did. Them, we had an overflow overflow room upstairs. We had people in the lobby. Yeah, we just want to give our guests the best opportunity and the best experience. Yeah, the other thing too, it's not just guests. Like we know now that like our average attendance on a weekend is almost three thousand between both both locations, and we know that people attend church one to two. Let's just be generous and say two times a month. It's like one point something. So even though we average that on a weekend, it's not always the exact same people. That's right. You know, there's a thousand to 1500 that's always rotating. Yep. But on Easter, everybody shows up at one weekend, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the one that they come to. And so on, on opportunities like Easter and Christmas, that's when you really kind of get a glimpse of how big our church really is. Mm -hmm. Cause we know we have more people that call revolution church, home than our average weekly attendance. That's right. Now, again, there's a lot of people that attend very regularly and, and that's what we want. We want them. But if everybody showed up at the same time, we wouldn't have enough space for them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what Easter is always kind of a reminder of, which is why, again, our vision is to plant more campuses and more churches yes. um, because you just kind of see that on a weekend, like on a, like Easter, you're like, Whoa, we really have four to 5,000 people that are a part of our church, yep. you know, yeah, that's true. In addition to guests that will be coming. Mm-hmm. And so that's what makes it even, if you come on a regular basis, coming to an off time yep. gathering just allows more time for those that don't come as frequently and are going to come to that normal time and our guests. That's right. Excellent. Excellent. Easter, go to the app, go to the website and you'll see all of those times. Okay, we're going to wrap up this podcast today. Our producer is no longer Chandler Elder. Uh, We're very excited that Chandler got an opportunity to uh, use his gifts at a very famous company uh, that has a headquarters in Atlanta. And uh, he is still part of our church. He is still serving uh, on the weekends. uh, But Chandler is no longer the executive producer of of the podcast. Yeah, he took another job. Yeah, yeah. 
Kuba and Brian Damaro and I think Billy is here today. Uh, have been uh, producing today's program. I don't know if Billy's here. Okay. All right. Well, Bill, Billy's help. been here other times and I haven't mentioned <laughs> uh, The head of doctrine and theology yeah. is theologian. Uh, excellent. Loves to study. Uh, <laughs> our chief evangelist is salvation. He's everywhere. Uh, our backsliding prevention officer, of course, is Luke Warm. Our translator is Lexi Khan. I don't know. That's one of my favorites. Lexicon? Um, Lexicon. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, our lineage specialist is Genealogy. Our director of Swedish witnessing is Bjorn again. <laughs> Every time. Our reformed theology advisor is Calvanism. Our expert on Russian eschatology is Pitoff Hell. Uh, <laughs> that's the funniest one to me. <laughs> our director of holiness, Mortification. Our staff counselor is Les Moody. Our giving coordinator, Jenny Rossity. Uh, our director of tithing, Tim Percent, yeah. and the <laughs> <laughs> you hear, you hear people laughing. And, That's not Chandler. That's, and, those and, our na- and our here's a new one. Our, our nativity coordinator is Beth Leeham. <laughs> Beth Leeham. <laughs> Beth Lee. Beth Leeham. Not Beth Leeham. No, it's Beth Leeham. It's it's. Her middle name, her she she has a, a maiden name, Lee, yeah, Lee. Beth Lee Ham. Okay, for a transcript of the show, write down everything we say, yeah. and of course, yeah, it's your line. Well, yeah, but you always say the best advice we ever heard. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just not doing my job. Today. Yeah, the I'm best advice we've ever heard. Trust God to take it out. See ya. See ya. <laughs>